Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. In this episode, Vicki and I are going to talk about whether or not God is pro life in the Old Testament. I hope you're blessed as you join us. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro Life Podcast. Uh, we appreciate all those who join us today. We're going to talk about uh, some of the difficult passages of Scripture that seem to indicate that God is okay with abortion. Uh, some time ago, we did a podcast um, about some uh, pro-choice arguments, and a lot of those arguments had to do with you know the Bible doesn't even mention abortion, or there's a passage in the Bible that talks about how God is basically inducing an abortion in Numbers chapter 5. And so we talked about that, but you had sent me a message uh, along the lines of talking about this and talking about, well, you know, doesn't God encourage abortions in the, in the Old Testament? And, uh, you know, there's certainly a lot of passages of Scripture that are, that are sort of troubling mm-hmm. as, it, as it pertains to the issue of abortion and, and the value of life. And that's really mm-hmm. what we're talking about, right. not just abortion, but the value of human life. Right. And there are some some troubling passages of yeah. scripture I think that we all sort of grapple with mm-hmm. and we all sort of struggle with, you know, how can a good God allow this or command mm-hmm. that? And you know, of course, you know, it all boils down to, you know, if we were going to sum all of this up is that he's God. He's the not. Lord. And we're not, right? And <laughs> right, we don't know yeah. the end from the beginning, but he does. Still yet, yeah, you know, that's sort of like a you know, it's sort of like just dodging the question really. Mm-hmm. Like how how can a good God command these things? And, and how does this fit into a pro-life framework when we're talking about, as Christians, it is our charge to stand for life, mm-hmm. and yet supposedly our God doesn't stand mm-hmm. for life, mm-hmm. uh, at least in the Old Testament. You know, some people have a mentality, and we'll jump right into these questions here in a minute, but you know, some people have the mentality sort of like you know, God got saved in the New Testament. You know? <laughs> in the Old Testament, you know, he was... Uh, he was sort of mean and wrathful, but in right. the New Testament, he's, he's sort of nice now, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, of course, we know that the Bible tells us in the Old Testament, I am the Lord, I change not. Right. God throughout Old and New Testament is merciful. He's mm-hmm. kind. He is rich in mercy, slow to anger, mm-hmm. and rich in loving kindness. Mm-hmm. But there's this idea, of course, with some people who just have a misunderstanding of God. And, of course, it sort of benefits them to be able to accuse God of being wrathful and angry and mean because right. they can remain in their sin and not obey him because, after all, he's no better than they are in their minds. And maybe they haven't um, read Revelation. Yeah, maybe they haven't. <laughs> yeah, they don't know how, the, how this whole thing ends. Right. Um, but, you know, we do need to, to grapple with and, and, and try to answer these questions. So uh, so let's let's sort of jump into some of the, the information that you have and, okay. and talk about some of these troubling passages yeah, of Scripture. Yeah, So, um, so I, w- I was thinking that on a walk today. I was, I was thinking, well... Is God pro-life? You know, we do get uh, lots of questions from mm-hmm. from the pro so-called pro-choice people saying, "Well, you know, God is the greatest mass murderer of history." You want to talk about a holocaust? Talk about God. Yeah. So you know, coming and um, 
uh, ordering the Israelites to, to wipe out entire civilizations and Noah's flood and all that kind of stuff. And those are, you know, it, it's an important question. It shouldn't be just brushed off. It is, yeah. it, those sorts of questions kept me from the Lord. Yeah. And I think they keep a lot of people from the Lord. So I do think it's, it helps us to talk about them. And I'm hardly an expert. Um, in fact, I, I started really looking at some of this stuff just this morning. Yeah, really. So, <laughs> um, but, um, but one of the things I came across as I was thinking about it, um, so is, is God pro-life or pro-choice? I actually Googled that. Is mm-hmm. God pro-life? And there's all kinds of hits for yeah. is God pro-life. And one of the hits was from um, this, this group called Freedom From religion foundation okay yeah okay yeah, so those um, guys, yeah wonderful group of people. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> the, uh, the reverend i think it's barry lynn is the guy's name okay. who's a you know pro-abortion and, you know, claiming to be a reverend yet is against everything god is for and for everything god is against it's sort of right, a contradiction yeah. but anyway <laughs> well this particular article is called God is so not pro-life okay and, so uh, not pro-life. And, right exactly so um so I started going through and, and reading um, uh, the points that he makes for why God is not pro-life. So, so t- not pro-life. So not yeah. pro-life. So I'll tell you them, and I'll, I'll give you the reference so that maybe you can, we can talk about. Okay. okay. Um, uh, so this one says, God enumerated his punishments for disobedience, including, quote, cursed shall be the fruit of your womb, and, quote, you will eat the fruit of your womb directly contradicting sanctity of life claims. Okay, and so this is Deuteronomy 28. Okay. And, um, and the, there were two verses that he picked out of that, verse 18 and verse 53. Yeah. So it says, uh, Deuteronomy, this is the New King James Version. I don't know what version he's quoting there. Okay. Probably the new leftist liberal version. <laughs> this is the New King James, and it says, uh, Cursed shall be the fruit of your body, and actually, the title of this section in, in my Bible is uh, Curses on Disobedience. It begins with the blessings on obedience, though. So mm, that's, that's, that's very telling, that, that's isn't it? That's how that chapter okay. begins. This okay. is the, curses mm-hmm. on, the curse on disobedience. Curse shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land and the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Curses shall be when you come in and curses shall be when you go out. And the Lord will send a curse, uh, send on you cursing, confusion, rebuke, and then it goes on to ultimately, where's it, what's the, the first exactly? 53 okay. was so 53, the 53, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it says, because there's a lot of cursed will you be, right. cursed okay. this, cursed <laughs> right. that. Right. 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 So, you yeah. know, he starts out in that chapter, blessed will you be when you come in and when you go out, blessed will be your, your crops and your flocks and all of this. Basically, and this when is, you follow God, uh-huh. there's obvious blessings. Obedience, okay. and then here's the disobedience okay. thing. So there's a lot of curses. So we'll skip on down to verse 53. And you shall eat. Uh, this is pretty pretty hefty here. And, yeah. And pretty pretty gross actually yeah you shall eat the fruit of your own body the flesh of your sons and your daughters whom the lord your god has given you in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you yeah yeah so there is like god is like saying ha you know i'm not pro life at all i'm i'm pro abortion even and i am even want you to eat your kids yeah that's kind but, of what's implied but, but, but what right and, and that's what this guy that's the conclusion he comes to but really it's 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 talking about the prophecy of what is going to happen if you disobey god compared yeah. to when you obey god and and the point is that he talks about 
the fruit of your womb, eating the fruit of your womb, um, because it's so horrific, it's shocking, unnatural, cruel, and inhuman, and it, it, it in fact demonstrates the opposite point of what yeah. this guy makes. It demonstrates that that, that <clears throat> is the absolute worst thing you yeah. could do, and that's the result then of sin, where sin yeah, leads sin and disobedience. Us. Yeah, I mean, so one of the, the, the major points here, it's, you know, God is to Israel a father, right? Yeah. God is a father yeah. to, to yeah. us as Christians, but to Israel, he's a father. And it's like a father warning, here's two things going on. Here's, here's blessing and here's cursing. Mm-hmm. And here's two choices that are before you. And if you walk in the blessing, which is walking in obedience, acknowledge my commands, do as I direct you to do, then here's the blessings that are going to come. You know, basically, everything that you do will be blessed. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you walk in disobedience, here's going to be the result. And it's not just that God's going to directly influence you to eat your children. What he's warning is you're going to be seized by these other nations. It's like the protective hand of God mm-hmm. that's over the children of Israel in covenant with them is going to protect them from the, from the pagans that are surrounding them. But that protective hand will be lifted by their disobedience. And these pagan nations are going to siege. And he's referring, I mean, ultimately, this does happen. This happens, and we're going to go to that passage in Isaiah Mm -hmm. where God, this this thing has has come to pass, or at least, you know, the prophet talks about this. Um, This is God warning. You know, it's kind of like me with my kids. You You know, I got you this new bike. I want you to enjoy riding this bike. And it's great if you ride it here on the little side road, that's fine. But if you ride it on the interstate, you're, you're not only going to ruin your bike, but you're going to get hit by a car. You're going to get rolled under a transfer truck. You're going to get you know, ripped open, which isn't ripped. what you're, you're not going to rip him open. <laughs> right. It's but gonna, that's the result. It's going to be the result it of the disobedience. Result. Right. And that's sort of, uh, sort of what the Lord's doing here. He's, he's, he's taking it to the extreme and saying, okay, it's not just going to be that you skin your knee and fall off your bike, yeah. but there's going to be total ruin you know, in that picture of a father toward his uh, toward his child. Yeah, and child sacrifice was one of the, th- that was what the pagan nations were doing. Yeah. And that was one of the things that God really railed against when he had pulled his chosen people out and said, you will be different, you will be separate from, yeah. from this. You will not do this horrific, unnatural activity that the pagan nations were doing. Okay, so now this is probably the, the verse in Isaiah that you mm-hmm. were talking yeah. about. It, Isaiah thirteen eighteen. So um, he Isaiah is prophesying the doom for Babylon, including the murder of unborn children. Yeah. And so so this um, this site um, claims that this is showing that um, that God has um, is certainly not. A, a pro-life, not not asserting the sanctity of life, but in fact is declaring that not one of his people will live, not a man, woman, or child, not even babies in the arms, um, as a result of worshiping idols. So what what's that passage actually say? It's Isaiah so, 13, 18. Uh, 13, 18. It yeah. says, Also their bows will dash the young men to pieces, mm-hmm. and they will have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Uh, their eye will not spare children. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So um, when, I, when I read further about what was happening during that time, um, this was the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Again, it was a prophecy. It's prophesying. Not, it's, it's not saying God wants this to happen. 
It's saying this is what happens as a result of um, Cyrus of the notorious, notoriously cruel Medes would do this. Okay. Not God. Right. God's not. God doesn't want us to do this. He makes it clear he doesn't want us to do this. But this barbaric um, invading group was going to perpetrate this on these unborn children. And again, it's seen as horrific. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the point here again is the warning of the Lord. You know, God is warning the children of Israel of the destruction that comes through their rebellion against him. The commands of God in the Old Testament to the children of Israel, there's there's some weird commands there. Most of them are are sort of practical, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I mean, we talked about uh, the last podcast we did about um, some of the biblical, like the pro-abortion people's biblical objections to the pro-life stance, you Mm -hmm. know, answering uh, pro-choice arguments. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, that passage in uh, Exodus chapter 21 where if two men were fighting together and they hurt a pregnant woman and she gives birth, you know, we, anyway, we won't go through all that. But that's sort of practical, right? But there's yeah. some other stuff in the Old Testament where we're like, okay, you can't have two, can't have a, a garment made with two types of threads. Right. Like, what are right. these right. things? You, you can't. Yeah. Here's here's a here's a fun one. You're not supposed to cook a kid goat in its mother's milk. Right. Right. Which, you know, that's a strong temptation for me because I like cooking kid goats in their mother's milk, right? You're like looking at that and that's ridiculous, right? Like, what does that even mean? But these things had some sort of significance to do with the pagan nations that were around. You know, one of those commands is you should not sacrifice your children, burn them in the fire to Moloch, right? Mm-hmm. These are one of those commands that God gave the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. And they were commands to preserve, to preserve the children of Israel so that they don't go the way of the pagan nations um, because the pagan nations were so cruel in the way that they treated right. you know, anybody, unborn children, born children, uh, women, all of mm-hmm. this. And God's, I have a better way for you. Yeah. And so these were protective. And, and again, these were warning uh, the children of Israel that here's what can be the result. These pagan nations, God is saying, are merciless. Right. So much so that... They'll even rip open the womb of a pregnant woman. We'll talk about that passage in just yeah. a second. Yeah. That they'll rip open the womb of a pregnant woman and uh, and dash the baby to the ground. Right. And it's like God's saying, that's really, really wicked. That's how bad these pagan nations exactly. are. Exactly. How merciless they are. Exactly. So, um, and in fact, I think that is the next one. Yeah, and that's um, in Amos. Amos. Wait, not there yet. Let's not okay. go to that one yet. Let's go to Hosea 9. Okay. 10 to 16. And um, so this is saying, oh, this is that one. For rebelling against God, Samaria's people will be killed. Their babies will be dashed to death against the ground. And the pregnant women will be ripped open with with a okay. sword. So uh, again, the um, the author who is uh, um, you know the freedom from religion author says that this is proof that because um, God treats rebellion against God by by dashing babies to death and ripping open pregnant women. So yeah, he he is clearly not a pro life God. So um, so let's see. So what it, what does it actually say? This is Hosea nine and uh, he cites. 10 to 16. Okay. I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first fruits of on the fig tree in its first season, but they went to Baal Peor. 
and separated themselves to that shame, they become an abomination like the thing that they loved. So they mm. worshipped uh, this false god, this mm-hmm. Baal. As Ephraim, for their glory, shall fly like fly away like a bird. No birth, no pregnancy, no conception. Now, here, here, here's a point, though, to sort of, not rabbit trail, but to go on with this, this theme here, that children are viewed in Israel as a blessing. Right. And so the idea that, you know, when, when God made his covenant initially with the children of Israel, he says, I will bless your bread and your water. This is in Exodus 25, I believe, um, where he says, I'll bless your bread and your water. And this is, again, a covenant of obedience. If you remain in obedience to me, I will bless your bread and your water. No one will miscarry mm-hmm. in your land. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bless your food and nobody's going to miscarry. And, no, and none of your animals are going to miscarry. Because miscarriage is always seen as a result of the fall a part right. of the curse, a right. part of disobedience. It's not God, because the picture from a guy like this, this this pro-abortion guy is like, God's writhing his hands waiting to be able to, to kill some children in the womb and right. whatever. And it's like <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Exactly. No, this it's actually the opposite. He's saying mm-hmm. this is part of the curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's talking about that here. No birth, yeah. no pregnancy, no conception. That would be a tremendous curse on the children of Israel. And uh, so though they bring up their children... They will brave them uh, to the last man. Yes, woe to them when I depart from them. So here's that that language of the Lord saying, I'm going to depart from them in the sense that his hand of protection is going to go. And that's what happens with our sin. Our sin Mm -hmm. separates us from from God. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll go on down to to the last verse. Okay. Verse 16, Ephraim is stricken. Their root is dried up. They shall bear no fruit. Yes, uh, yes. Were they to bear children, I would kill the darlings of their womb, and so that's sort of a you know this 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 passage that is implied from this guy mm-hmm. to imagine that God is sort of like writhing his hands and excited about killing babies in the womb, mm-hmm. but again, it's a warning. It's mm-hmm. a warning of what these pagan nations are capable of, and what they actually will do uh, with with the children of Israel yeah. if God's hand of protection is not on them. Yeah, um, and again, the commentary that that I read um, said that um, Hosea the prophet is again foretelling what uh, what will happen. Is this the Hosea? Yeah, what will happen as a result of their rebellion against God? And it describes the cruelties upon these hapless people by the Assyrians in sacking the city. So it's speaking of the barbarity mm-hmm. that would be perpetrated by the Ammonites on the women of Gilead. Nowhere does it say that Israel will do such barbaric cruelty. God's children won't be doing this. But it is these invading people that will be, um, who are idolaters and hate God and don't follow God. And this is the result of, of that um, that turning from God and the disobedience against God, which is the common theme yeah. that we're seeing throughout that. Um, in fact, I read another article this morning, which was really interesting, um, saying, is God pro-life or pro-choice, I think was the title of it. And and the the author concluded he was both. Mm-hmm. He's pro-life. He His desires for us, the way we were designed is to protect and, and promote sanctity of life. But he also is pro-choice in the sense, not at all in the sense that pro-choice is used today, yeah. but um, in the sense that we are given a choice. Yeah. We are given a choice by God to either follow him and obey, where there will be cursings, or rebel against him and disobey, and, and there are 
there are consequences. There are yeah. curses. Yeah. So, I mean, the Deuteronomy passage that, that we quote a lot. Yeah. I said before you this day, life and death, blessing and cursing. Okay, so here's like the quiz, right? This is right. what I explain to some when I have conversations with abortion-minded women or men. It says like God's giving you a quiz, and there's two, two questions on that quiz or two answers. Life, blessing, death, and cursing. So you check whichever one, and then he's giving you the answer. Therefore, choose life, right? So he's giving you the quiz, and he's giving you the answer. So God shows us the way that he wants us to go in. But there is, before uh, human beings, there is the ability to choose. God has given people the ability to choose. Um, You know, I hear people, you know, when we encounter people at the abortion clinic and, and, uh, and you know, even pro-choice people will say something like, you know, God gives us the freedom to choose. Mm-hmm. God gives us the right to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, He certainly does. I mean, that's, the, that's mm-hmm. kind of the point. Mm-hmm. But just because God gives you the ability to choose does not mean He's okay with the choice that you make because right. He's very clear about it, right? right. As a matter of yeah. fact, it's the choices that we make and the, the results of those choices that ultimately we're going to give an account before God for. Mm-hmm. So it's what you choose when you ha- are faced with a decision, life and death, blessing and cursing, mm-hmm. that you'll be held accountable before God for. Your free will is that which um, you'll be held accountable for. That's right. And even though, you know, God is the lawgiver and we kind of... Uh, mimic that in in making laws in our nations and and so uh, you know they i think the pro boards will say well it's legal Mm -hmm. so so it's okay but while god does give us the ability to make unjust laws he's his his laws for his people were just laws and that is clearly the path that he wants us to follow but we choose again to disregard that yeah so okay um Let's see. Here's one from the New Testament. Uh, this is in Matthew 24:19. Okay. This is still from the, the pro-abortion freedom from religion Freedom guy. from religion. There okay. He said, Jesus in this passage did not express any special concern for unborn children during the anticipated end times. He says, woe to pregnant women and those who are nursing. So this author is saying... Jesus is basically cursing okay. the uh, the pregnant women and those who are nursing. He's saying woe to them, it, almost as a curse. Mm-hmm. Now that certainly is not how I read that passage. Yeah, no, not at all. I yeah. mean, it's like this is this is again this is a warning from Jesus. This is um, this curse, this time of destruction is coming. Right. Um, he's not saying like it's bad to be pregnant or to, or to be nursing. But we're saying it's going to be really bad for for everybody, mm-hmm. but especially for these women who are pregnant and who are nursing, mm-hmm. right? So again, it's it's a it's a warning, mm-hmm. it's a call from Jesus to the people of his day of here's what the destruction is going to entail, and be prepared for it and repent. I mean, there's there's a passage yeah. and yeah. several passages in, in Isaiah where Isaiah is pronouncing judgments, mm-hmm. and he's saying this is how it's going to be. Unless perhaps you might repent and God would give you mercy. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, the prophet always holds out hope that, and, and we see it as a pattern, right? We see it with, with Jonah. Yeah. I think it was you that were, you were talking about, you were reading through Jonah yeah. um, not too long ago. Right. And how God had basically told Jonah, Jonah, you're going to go to Nineveh. Um, 
I've already decided I'm going to judge these people, so you're just going to go deliver the mail, and then mm-hmm. the judgment's coming, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be completely decimated. Mm-hmm. Jonah goes, thinking he's just delivering the mail, and God's not going to be merciful. They all repent and sat cloth right. and ashes and right. fast for like 40 days, everybody, right? Yeah. Wasn't it 40 days? I, I it forget, a, it was, yeah. but they definitely, like, yeah. they turned, they right? They turned to God. And what yeah. did God do? He relented. He exactly. actually turned back. Mm-hmm. Even though he had said, I'm going to do this, God has this ability to change his mind if he wants to. Now, we can get into a subject about the the sovereignty of God and the immutability of God and all this other stuff. Uh, I don't think that's a subject for this particular podcast, but it is, uh, um, you know, amazing to see that God intended these judgments. But really, we see what His heart really is every time. His heart is one of mercy and one of a disposition of of goodwill toward those who would just agree with him and just turn to him. Right, right. And you know what um, we were talking about a little bit earlier, um, which is uh, a really important passage for me, Was which exactly I think illustrates this point, is the passage of when Abraham is is told to uh, to sacrifice Isaac, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that he's supposed to bring Isaac up to the mountain and, and sacrifice his only son, the son of the, of the promise that God had given to that would, um, you know, be the, the father of many nations. And, um, and so Abraham does, he, 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 he brings Isaac up to the mountain and he binds him and puts him on the altar. And, um, and for, for years that kept me from the Lord because I'm thinking how cruel is this God? I could I could never follow a God that would tell us turn off your maternal instincts or your paternal instincts and um, and sacrifice your only child for me. Yeah. And I I completely didn't understand that passage and um, and didn't want to follow a God that would ask that. But really, I think God was making again um, a a really important point that unless God is primary of such importance that all else is is secondary um, and pales in comparison to the love of God and following God and obeying God because he is our creator. He is the one that holds eternity in his hands. And until we come to that realization, um, we will never truly submit our life to him and never truly overcome sin because we think that that our agenda is more important. And Abraham came to that understanding. He trusted yeah. God. And whether he trusted that God was going to provide the sacrifice, which ultimately God did, or whether he thought God would bring Isaac back to life, or whether he thought, I'm going to do it because God has told me to do it, and God is more important even than my son. Yeah. And he was willing to do it, and he raises the knife to to uh, sacrifice Isaac, and God stays his hand. And to me, that is that is exactly what happened in Jonah. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what happens to Noah and his family. It's what happens to um, Lot in, in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, it's what happens to every single one of us when we are on the, the cusp of hell, of destruction, of eternal separation from God, and God waits for us to say, I'm sorry, yeah. and I will submit to whatever it is that um, that your plan is for my life. And at that moment, he frees us 
and we're yeah. saved. Yeah. And sin is you know, vanquished. It's, so, so Abraham is called, and actually there's a passage in the New Testament, I believe it's in Romans, where it talks about, you know, God... God, uh, or maybe it's um, Hebrews chapter 11, the, the hall of faith, where it says basically Abraham knew that God was able to raise up Isaac back from the dead. Like God had promised that the promise is going to come, the blessing is going to come through Isaac mm-hmm. uh, to Abraham. Mm-hmm. And even though God told him to sacrifice Isaac, he knew since God said this is going to happen, mm-hmm. that the blessing is going to come through Isaac, mm-hmm. then if I kill him, then God's just going to have to raise him from the dead. He had that much confidence in God, and mm-hmm. that's why he is the father of faith. And what's right. sort of funny to me, okay, it's, 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 it's amazing, but it's also sort of funny. And you got to just you ever use your imagination to like, how would this actually play out in real life? How did this play out? The, the, the night that Abraham told Sarah, hey, yeah. you know, listen, God yeah. told me to go sacrifice. I'm going to go kill Isaac. your only son. I it, so here, Imagine, I, I yeah, don't know so that here, she So here's the happy. funny thing, though. It says that Abraham got up early and did it. I'm like, man, Is okay. Is sneaking out so that his wife <laughs> no, doesn't No, it's stop like him he's going to get to it right gonna away. He's going to take care he's of it. He's just going to get So it's like for me, I'm thinking in my life, Man, I'm gonna drag my feet. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till if he told me to do it tomorrow, right. then I'll, I'll do it at 11:59. You know, 11:59 yeah. p.m. Yeah. I'll, I'll take care of it. But yeah. you know, I'm gonna yeah. drag my feet. Abraham like got up early, went. You know, and and yeah. him and Isaac went on that um, epic camping trip. And <laughs> camping trips were never the same around <laughs> Abraham's house. <laughs> house uh, to to make a, a little funny of that. But that's that's some amazing amazing story. Yeah. Um, to think. Sort of to your point, God is the supreme being, right? He is the creator. He is the and potter, is, and we are the clay. Yeah, and and yeah. He is due our devotion. Um, ultimately, kind of like we started, you know, no matter what conclusion we come to about these passages, uh, we are not God's accuser. He is the Lord. Mm-hmm. He can command whatever He wants. Yeah. And when God commands something... Uh, for example, and, and maybe we'll in the future do, and I think we should do a podcast specifically about God's command to Israel mm-hmm. and going into the promised land yeah. and how he commanded them to wipe out everyone. Right. And that's a, that's a pretty heavy one yeah, that, we, that we grapple with. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, God, when he makes a command like that, God can't be a murderer. It's, just, it's mm-hmm. not in his nature, mm-hmm. right? He is perfect. He is holy. And he is God. Mm-hmm. And um, and Israel was to obey him, mm-hmm. uh, but ultimately that's what it boils down to. God is God, and we're not. Right. Yeah. We are not God, and we have in His Word, um, not that God got saved in the New Testament, like I started with, but we have in His Word this charge to love even our enemies, mm-hmm. to love our neighbor as ourselves. Um, that passage, "Love your neighbor as yourself," is actually an echo from the Old Testament when God told the children of Israel to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So to imagine that the the norm for God, for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is to just be a, a baby murderer for abortion and all that is, is an absurdity. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he, he often is contrasting his nature and the nature of his children with the nature of these pagan nations and these pagan false gods yeah. Yeah. who desired blood and, 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 and human sacrifice and all these other things. And, you know, like the false god Baal that, you know, they sacrifice their children to, to Moloch and, yeah. and to the Baals and Astra. And let me make sure, I, I don't want you to, to close us before okay. we do this last yeah. uh, passage well, because it's really a great one. one. Amos one thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
because uh, when I read that, and I read that last week before, maybe that was what started me thinking that this might be an interesting podcast, but I read it last week and was thinking, wow, I think this is God saying as clearly as he could say, abortion is wrong yeah and he would not have us do it so um so do you have that yeah that yeah i've got there? it right here okay it says thus says the lord for three transgressions of the people of ammon and for four i will not turn away its punishment because they ripped open the womb with child in gilead that they might enlarge their territory so it's so much you know there's so much in that passage um first of all God will not revoke the punishment. This mm-hmm. is so severe. He will not revoke the punishment. Clearly, they ripped open the pregnant women and killed those babies. Yeah. And why? In order to enlarge their borders. So they've got the rationalization even. Yeah. That probably seemed to them a great reason to, to rip open pregnant women and kill the yeah. unborn baby. Yeah. And that's what we see. So I think this pattern is what we see at the abortion center so often and by the pro-choice group. Abortion is okay when there's a valid, good reason for doing yeah. it. And God is saying, uh-uh, this is, I will not revoke the punishment, no matter how good a reason you think for ripping open these women and killing that unborn child. It is a transgression. He only he says there's three three transgressions and or four. So these are against a barbaric people. Yeah. Four transgressions he mentions, and he mentions the other ones in the book of Amos, but one of those is abortion. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's 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 sort of like, man, certainly God through his people Israel made conquest of the promised land mm-hmm. and they were to be brutal in some ways but he's saying like okay yeah i commanded you guys to do this but these folks took it even a step further Mm -hmm. and they were ripping open the womb it's like this is a this is a pagan thing this is the pagan mindset that is able to go even even a step beyond what you know what anyone would would be doing and you know he brings the judgment the warning of judgment here um, to the people of amman yeah yeah. So to counter all of that, then um, uh, maybe just let's read a few scriptures okay, advo- yeah. advocating God's love of, of the preborn to, to, to show you, okay, not only did what the, um, the pe- person that, um, what was the name of that organization again? Freedom, Freedom from, from Religion. religion. <laughs> Freedom yeah. from Religion. Not only, I think, have we shown that he, he's taking verses out of context and completely misinterpreting what, what God says, but, but what does God say about, um, about the unborn? And I, I've just got a, a, I have a whole bunch of them here. I won't read all of them, but um, Psalm 119.73, your hands have made me and formed me. Psalm 139, 13-16, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none. Um, Job 10, 11 to 12, you clothed me with skin and flesh. You knit me together with bones and sinew. Um, 
Psalm 103, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Isaiah 44, 24, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself. So, and there's, you know, hundreds more, but the, but the, the Lord who created the universe, who alone stretches out the heavens, is the same one who formed us in the womb. To me, the, you know, how could you call God anything but a loving father who has created his children and from the moment of conception has loved them and yeah. had a plan and a purpose for them? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, we hope this was a blessing to you guys. Um, I'm sure we'll talk some more about some of these passages and and uh, and maybe we'll talk about the issue of the conquest of Canaan at, at yeah. some other point. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to have some other folks come in. We'd mentioned having... Um, some some scholarly sort of folks come, come yeah <laughs> take over map up yeah. our mess yeah right? <laughs> and uh, and so we'll we'll be doing that in the future but um please send us some suggestions of podcasts some subjects you would like for us to cover uh, we're going to continue to put out content and some more interviews and things like that in the coming weeks uh, but you can connect with us to ask any questions mm-hmm. or to you know give comments on uh, on our website charlotte.citiesforlife.org my email address is there it's dparks at citiesforlife.com and it's vcasiorg at citiesforlife.com if you want to get in touch with Vicky. we also have a national website that we mention often um, that is designed to equip people to do sidewalk counseling that's what we do we think we do it pretty well mm-hmm. and uh, we think that we have some information that would bless you if you want to get involved in being a gospel-centered uh, presence at your local abortion clinic and that website is uh, sidewalksforlife.com sidewalks number four and life.com but we pray that you're blessed by these podcasts please share them with your friends please do some reviews and stuff like that on itunes and google play and wherever else you get podcasts until next time be blessed use me lord oh use me Too